It's time for JT the Brick. I am JT the Brick, focused black hole, getting in there, ready to rock. I got my A game. I've been there with the Raider Nation in the black hole. I've been in this rivalry. I've seen it in my 24 years here. It's a do or die game. Can't let them win in Vegas. Protect the house. Protect the Legion Stadium. Be ready to go. No half-ass effort. You don't need a PhD. You don't need some expert on CNN or Fox News teaching you about fandom. I just told you. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll right now, so let me go. Hey, JT. Yes. I love you, and I love your show. Thank you. That's what the Raiders are based on. Al Davis, the history of the Raiders. They were always banged up. They were always taped up. They had blood coming through their helmets, and they played. The 11 angry men. I'm not encouraging injuries. I'm encouraging violence. So that's where we are. Raider Nation. Simply put, man up and play football and win a game. And now, that's a hell of a motivational speech. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. Good to be back. Thanks to Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the Silver and Black, sitting in for me for a couple of days. I just knocked out three hours of radio on Sirius XM. Had about a 45-second break before this show. So I'll do five hours today on breaking news with Derek Carr, Agreeing to a four-year, $150 million contract, $100 million in total guarantees, a no-trade clause again, and Derek lands in New Orleans, where I told you he would land in either New Orleans or Carolina. And New Orleans was the team that was hottest on his trail, along with the Jets. I think New Orleans is a good fit. Welcome in again. Coming off a nice trip. I was back seeing family and some friends, a little golf trip, and seeing my in-laws and my family, my nieces out in St. Augustine, Florida, took a late night flight back across the country. Everything was on time. Thanks to Southwest for that through Nashville and uh, got home about two in the morning last night and head down ready to roll all week here. We are brought to you by PT's best happy hour in town, five to seven, midnight to two, 64 plus taverns here all around the valley place to watch the Golden Knights. I love what the Knights are doing. And we'll be doing some great things coming up here with the Stratosphere that's owned by Golden Entertainment for March Madness. So a couple of March Madness updates coming here over the next couple of weeks. Here's what I think about Derek Carr. I said that we'd talk about Derek while he was a Raider, after he was benched by the Raiders, and when he signed with another team. That was my commitment to Derek Carr. We've moved on. Some fans have not. You all have the right to call in on this deal. Derek's got a lot of friends and fans still in the Raider Nation who pulled hard for him. Why not? He was the quarterback for nine years for the Silver and Black. Had some great moments. And now he's got a new deal with the Saints. I think it's a good fit for Derek and his family. And he'll get some guaranteed money here, roughly around the Raider money, what it could have been here or not. But the Raiders, as I just said, hosting Mad Dog for three hours, the Raiders did not want to be in business with Derek Carr anymore. They chose to get out of the business of Derek Carr for whatever reasons they had, they wanted, they evaluated them. Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, they moved on. We all know why they moved on. Derek never won a playoff game in nine years. But Derek never had a great defense. There's a bunch of turnover with coaches and GMs and all that. Sometimes Derek put the team on his back. Other times he didn't put the team on his back. He's coming off a year where the Raiders lost five games, double-digit leads in the second half. I think that was his demise, and that's the reason why he's not here. Some fans blame the play calling. Some fans blame the offensive line. Derek had multiple chances this past year to be better, not to be elite, not to be super great, not to be a Hall of Fame type player in one year, 
and it didn't work out. And we all understand why it didn't work out. The Raiders evaluators now are much different than the ones in the past. And the evaluators here, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, got a lot to prove because they've proven in the past that they deserve these opportunities. Josh McDaniels deserved again to be a head coach. Dave Ziegler deserved to be elevated to a GM. Now they're on the clock. They have to get a quarterback. They have to get a quarterback. They know it. The roster shows it. And they're going to figure it out. But let it be said again that the Raiders did not want to be in business long term with Derek Carr anymore. So he became a free agent. The Raiders got nothing in return. He ends up with the Saints. I think that's a pretty good fit for Derek. He's not very good or elite at cold weather games. That's obvious. Uh, that's obvious. So Derek will play in a dome when he plays Atlanta in the division. On a, uh, that'll be in a dome on the road, Carolina, Tampa Bay, those warm weather cities there. And I think Derek will have a chance now, especially this year, to make the playoffs and host the home playoff game because the Saints are the only team in that division that has a quarterback. That's what we talked about the last couple of hours on another platform. The Saints wanted Derek Carr because they looked at the marketplace. And the marketplace is Daniel Jones possibly getting 35 to $40 million with the Giants, Lamar Jackson being franchise tagged, Tom Brady retiring. No one ever knows what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. So the Saints looked around and said, we can't screw this up. Dennis Allen's the head coach. He was Derek's first head coach. Seems to be a good fit, and they decided to do a deal. I don't know how anybody won't wish him well and tip your cap to him and say, I hope you and your family have a great life in New Orleans. You know, it's a four-year deal. If he doesn't win, he might not get to the fourth year. Could be similar to what happened with the Raiders, where he's getting evaluated. A couple of guests I have coming up later on, Ari Mirov, who's really good. He's one of the best newsbreakers in the NFL. He'll talk about this and break down the deal and how that looks. And also Mike Triplett, who covers the Saints on the structure of this deal. But I will say this again. This is one of the last times I'll be talking about Derek on this show. And I only have good things to say about him. As I consider him a friend, I think I know more about Derek Carr than anyone in all of sports talk radio. How could I not? I covered all nine years of his career. I hosted the Derek Carr show on radio, and I was the last guy to interview him on TV. And we had a cordial relationship. No one can say that nationally. Maybe guys are breaking news, but they didn't know Derek the way I did. Traveled with him on the road, ate meals with him in the, in the meal room. I think Derek Carr is a good man deep down, and I wish him well. He's not in the conference of the Raiders. He's in the NFC. I think he'll have a chance to win and do some special things. And I will always take the high road. If you've been listening to me for 25 minutes or coming up on 25 years, you have never heard me once from Jamarcus Russell to Robert Gallery to Javon Walker, whoever the Raider player is throughout my tenureship here. I have never wished harm from anybody and never said, I hope that guy's a bust or he doesn't do well. I w people who know me personally know how I behave. People who don't assume or guess. So I just want to say congratulations to Derek Carr on this contract. He's got new guaranteed money. He made his choice. He's going to play in New Orleans, and I wish him well. You Raider fans can go in any direction you want about this. If Derek did not uh, agree to terms today, and he, and he put it out on social media, so he put it out, who that? or who they, whatever they do there. So he made it official, and it's official now, 
and we could react to what the Raiders could have got in return, which they didn't. I thought we were going to do a full combine show. I got one guest, Brandon Cristal, next hour on the combine with the way Anthony Richardson performed and Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, the way the quarterbacks performed. I thought we were going to do a lot of that today, and we won't because Derek Carr is officially a saint, and every Raider fan should have an opinion on that. I mean, what, what member of Raider Nation doesn't have an opinion on that? But I want to clarify this from working for the Raiders and their flagship. This is not a Derek Carr radio station anymore. Okay, everybody got that? This is not the home of Derek Carr anymore. I, I took, you know, I, I enjoyed taking the high road, and I'm 100% sincere with this. But this is not the Derek Carr radio station where we're going to cover Derek's career. When he's done playing, you better believe we're going to. And however long I'm around or whoever's around after me, once a Raider, always a Raider, coming back, whatever they do with his number, whatever they do with his name in Las Vegas, I would hope that I'd be around to see that. And that's a long time away. But from now on, we have moved on from Derek Carr. We'll take your calls today on how that fits. Derek Carr in New Orleans. But this is no longer the flagship station of Derek Carr. This is the flagship station of the Raiders. And the Raiders are my complete focus and priority going forward on how they get a quarterback and what they do with the upcoming draft. So I wasn't expecting this today. Believe me, I wasn't sitting here today going, man, you know, I, I, hope, uh, I hope we're in a good place. I hope we're cool with this or that. I was, I was on a plane all last night looking at, you know, I have a free Wi-Fi and I'm watching Kevin Durant and my Knicks win nine in a row and NASCAR in Vegas. By the way, pretty good Vegas weekend, wouldn't you say? NASCAR, big race here in Vegas, big league weekend with the Oakland A's are looking around going, I want to be here. You had that going on. John Bones Jones, right, fighting UFC. How big of a deal is that? And then, most importantly, Darren Waller and my friend Max Crosby got married here over the weekend. That is great. So remember we did Freddie Belitnikoff's 80th birthday? I would really hope we get a couple of phone calls today congratulating Darren Waller and Max Crosby on getting married. Two people that found sobriety in their life, who had clear issues, and needed, needed to be sober to get to this stage in their life and to be great players. And two young men, very young men, who found their soulmates. And I think we should really celebrate that. That, to me, is such a great story. I knew that this was coming up for Max and Darren. And to see that with his wife, who plays for the Aces. And, and to see these you know, marriages come to fruition. And then to see some of the video and all that. I was texting back and forth with Max, really happy for him. I saw Darren at the Super Bowl, had a chance to uh, shake his hand. He was with Jonathan Ogden at the Ditka Jaws event, so I saw him recently. And I really think their story needs to be chronicled about their sobriety. A lot of people aren't sober, need to be sober, or trying to find their faith, or they're trying to get out of drugs and alcohol, and the next thing you know, they do, and then their whole life blossoms, and they have a happy wife and a happy life. Take it from me. I got a happy wife and a happy life. And I wish these two great men success with their families, their wives, and their extended families. It looked like they had a hell of a time from the wedding pictures that were out there over the weekend when I got word of this. And uh, really happy for them. So how about we do a little bit of that today, too, if we can, and congratulate those guys and, and really give them a pat on the back 
for what they mean to the Raider Nation. So that's where we're going today. Derek Carr is a saint. Now, I texted Vinny at the Combine. I had Q on at the Combine. My buddy Brandon's coming up at the top of next hour. Here's the deal. Anthony Richardson, the quarterback of Florida, is a bleeping freak. What he was able to do, he got a 99 athletic rating there. He ran the 40 fast. The vertical was unbelievable. He made every throw. In shorts, he looks like the second coming. But I was here for Jamarcus Russell. Let me just make that clear. I was here for Jamarcus Russell, and as I pointed out earlier today, Jamarcus Russell went number one overall to the Raiders. If he did not go number one overall, 10 teams, fact, not fiction, would have taken him number two. So when everybody said, well, Jamarcus was a bust, you know, and Al Davis reached for Jamarcus Russell and it didn't work out. Every other team in the league, there's 32 teams, probably 20 had Jamarcus Russell as the top pick or the second pick. Everybody knew that. So he was going one or two, and the Raiders took him one. He turned out to be a bust. Anthony Richardson, from looking at the tape and breaking down more of the tape that I got, clearly at Florida, he made some spectacular plays, but he was very inconsistent in the passing game. The comparable to him would be Josh Allen, who at Wyoming at times played in much lesser competition. Let me make this point. AR, Anthony Richardson played at Florida. He played Georgia twice. Okay, he played under tremendous competition. Josh Allen played in bleeping Wyoming. Give me a break. Carson Wentz, what did he play? North Dakota State or South Dakota? I forget which one. I think it was North Dakota. When you play in these tiny schools in the Mountain West or in these snow-covered prairie towns in the middle of nowhere, and then you turn out to be an NBA, uh, excuse me, an NFL star, got to think of that. Jamarcus Russell played at LSU. Anthony Richardson played at Florida. So Richardson looks to be the same type of prospect as Jamarcus, but much better because he can run faster and he's more lean and he looks kind of like one of these tight ends slash wide receiver gifted quarterbacks dtr who was a quarterback here at bishop gorman who i saw live who went on to a great career at ucla reminds me of the same player Uh, you know anthony richardson has better comparables but dtr was pretty good i saw that kid develop into a star are the raiders going to take him now because they're enamored with him i don't know Dave Ziegler's the only guy, and Josh McDaniels who would know that, and the owner. I don't know anybody who knows anything on that. Uh, Will Levis out of Kentucky, same thing. Seems to be a good, solid pick for the Raiders at seven, if he's available. I think C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud is going to go. He, he could go number one. He had that good of a combine. Some people said his passing elements in his throwing session was some of the best they've ever seen, as in ever. And Stephen A. would say, ever. So there's someone, if, if Bryce Young goes one, and I'll say this again, I like Aaron Rodgers, I love Tom Brady, and if C.J. Stroud, if the Raiders traded up from seven to two to get C.J. Stroud, again, I'd like to be on that air, airport committee that picks that kid up. Okay, so I'm good with all the positive signs of what could happen here. But we'll have full combine analysis over this week here about maybe a couple of the players that fit best. My notes that I make this time of year is the top five players in every position because I don't care about the other guys. I don't care who's the 10th best tight end, the 10th best you know, offensive tackle. That's not, my, that's not what I do. I'm looking for the stars 
who are going to be there. No one knows who's going to be there for the Raiders, fourth, fifth, sixth round. So I'm not even going to waste your time and put anybody on the radio who's going to guess. Can you imagine listening to a show if someone said, who are the Raiders going to get in the fourth round? What? We have no idea who they're going to get in the fourth round. So I'm not going to waste your time with that. I don't waste your time with practice squad players and backups. I'm trying to find this team, the superstars via free agency in the draft that can make the biggest difference for this team in the offseason. So you got Derek Carr, which is probably going to lead today for just one day for the obvious reasons. And then the rest of that there. Also, I'll get into John Morant and what happened with John Morant with brandishing a gun in a nightclub, which is thug-like behavior. I, I love the word thug. I use it five times a day. It has nothing to do with race or gender. Nothing. It has to do with bullies, people who intimidate others, uh, people who threaten people, or people who just act like they're thugs and they're in a nightclub with their shirt off and a gun. And a gun. That's thug-like behavior. Period. And that's John Morant, who's one of the best athletes I've ever seen in NBA history. That's a big story. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. Number 702-365-9200. You should use that number. Raider fans are listening all over the globe. You want to be a part of it. 702-365-9200. As we open up the show, as always, with the great leadoff hitter, Chris in West Oakland. Go ahead, Chris. Chris there, Bobby? This would not be a good start to my week. Chris is usually there. Oh, the phone's working. That would also be nice. Or if I can hear from Bobby, and I can't. So when we come back, we'll figure this out. 702-365-9200. You can hit me up via Twitter, at JT the Brick. Uh, Derek Carr is a New Orleans Saint. We'll figure out exactly what that means going forward to the NFC, which I think is a good move for him. What does that leave Aaron Rodgers as we open up the show live from Las Vegas, back from St. Augustine? where I got a chance to see some family and friends, and that was a lot of fun. 702-365-9200. As we continue, we open up the show right here, the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Modelo, with the fighting spirit of Modelo. Jump on in. We'll get you here. Also, Brandon Cristal will join us at the top of the hour. He was at the Combine, and we'll also get to a really good guest, Ari Mirov, coming up. JT, back in Vegas here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. This is Raider Nation Radio. I mean, you know, that, that's a that's always a work in progress. You know, it's, it'd be great to have the same eight, ten linemen every year. Uh, it doesn't work like that. And so I thought our offensive line played well, uh, you know, for a number of, of games during the course of the season. Certainly gave us an ability to run the football, um, you know, kept the quarterback upright most of the year. I thought they really did a good job as a unit. Um, they worked through some injuries. We had some guys change spots, as you guys know. Um, but look, the goal is to try to find a really good group of guys that's got some depth to it, got some position versatility to it, um, and that we can grow and play with, play together with, you know, because communication and continuity is very important there. Uh, so that'll definitely be another area that we're going to look to address. So that's Josh McDaniels at the Combine. There's a lot of Combine reaction and workouts and everything that I watched. Uh, throughout the week and weekend and late nights and early this morning at Raiders.com. They did a great job, the Raiders did, 
putting up a lot of content from Dave Ziegler conversations to Josh McDaniels to workouts of specific players. Other podcasts are all up there under the podcast dome at Raiders.com. So you can find that all there. JT, back with you. Brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. My wife had a beautiful old-fashioned out at St. Augustine Beach with Remy Martin in it because we love Remy Martin in our proud partnership. Good to be back. A lot of good golf. Saw my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my niece, my wife's sister. So we had a good time out there, and the weather was spectacular. 88 degrees, great golf, great golf courses. So nice to get away for a few days. Again, thanks to Harry. And everything that went on in Vegas over the weekend, if you went to Big League Weekend, I love what the Golden Knights are here. Wow, Jonathan Quick. To get Jonathan Quick over here, that's a solid move. I'll tell you, we'll talk more about this later in the week, but VGK, what the Vegas Golden Knights are doing in regards to just throwing everything at the wall to try to upgrade this team. I like it. They bring in a scorer and they bring in a goalie with a couple of cups. I got to say that that's, that's pretty special. So we'll have more VGK to talk about. Again, no calls right out of the gate on Derek Carr. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. If you have something you want to say about Derek Carr, wish him well as he goes to New Orleans. That's the biggest story in sports today. Not March Madness. Nothing to do with anything. Derek Carr is now a New Orleans Saints. The same player, I think that's a good fit for him. I think that he'll have some success there. Uh, Here's Mike Garofolo as they broke the news on NFL Network last hour. All right, I told you we didn't have the numbers. Uh, I wasn't lying to you at the time, but they are in right now. For Derek Carr, if you got Ian's tweet, throw it up there. He's dressed and ready, by the way. He's watching at home. He thought he was going to be on the program. He's like, wait a minute, you guys are on? I'm not on? There's a lot of moving parts. There's the money for Derek Carr. Now, look at that last line. Carr structures his deal to accommodate the Saints' cap issues. That actually worked to his advantage because it allowed guarantees for Carr in the year three. They said, you don't have to front load this or you can't front load this the way that some other teams may have front loaded this. Well, why don't you offset that by giving us some guaranteed money into uh, the third year? Derek Carr's made a lot of money throughout his career. What he wanted was the commitment and to know that this is not just going to be a one and done here, that it's going to be multiple years with the Saints for Derek Carr. So that is the commitment he got from them contractually today Derek Carr heading to the Saints now I mentioned the Jets by the way where does this leave the Jets in all of this Uh, look they're still waiting potentially on Aaron Rodgers like the rest of the league like the rest of the world like all of us nobody seems to know what is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers so Rodgers could potentially land with the Jets there are other alternatives for them that they do want to hold on to Zach Wilson while looking for a starting quarterback how about Mike White the guy that started a bunch of games for them last year, everybody thinks, well, he'll just go back to the Jets. That's not my understanding. White has potentially got some opportunities out there with other teams to compete for a role with them. So keep an eye on Mike White when free agency opens next week. All right, so that's NFL Network. Mike Garofolo on the call. He's been working that angle with Tom Pellisaro and Ian Rappaport as Derek Carr is a saint there. And again, four years, $100 million in total guarantees spread out. It seems like the guarantees are spread out over three years. Well, look, $100 million divided by three years is what, everybody? I'm not a math major. A little over $30 million. And I don't know. Maybe they buy him out in that third year if he doesn't win. Here's what I will tell you. If Derek Carr, because the, the rest of the division is a mess. Tampa Bay's starting quarterback, the only one on their roster, is Kyle Trask. The Carolina Panthers have Matt Corral and Jacob Eason. And the Atlanta Falcons have Desmond Ritter, and Logan Woodside. 
The Saints have Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, and Jake Lutons. But Derek Carr is really the only quarterback in that division. I mean, Jameis Winston, the backup quarterback for New Orleans, who I like a lot, I think he's a good player. He's better than all the other quarterbacks on the other teams there. He is. So for Derek, here's the way I see this. If Dennis Allen doesn't win a playoff game this year, which means they win the division in New Orleans or they get him via the wild card, he's fired. He's 100% fired if Dennis Allen doesn't make the playoffs because it would be the perfect time if they underachieve in New Orleans with Derek that they got to go get an offensive coach for Derek. So Dennis Allen's got one year to make the playoffs. There's going to be enormous pressure on him. For Derek, he's not a cold-weather quarterback, so he'll play in a dome. I think that's positive for him. And the rest of those teams out there, you know, if they were interested in Derek Carr, they didn't make it clear enough. Carolina kicked the tires, but they didn't have much of an interest to get him. So with all that that just happened here, I also thought Albert Breer made a good point earlier today. He said it wasn't, there wasn't a big market with Derek Carr. And he went on to say that Carolina didn't have an offer. Carolina didn't have an offer, remember. The Jets, it seemed like the Jets were interested, but we don't know of a Jets offer yet. And if you look around, Derek, because the start of free agency is coming up and these franchise tag quarterbacks such as Lamar Jackson tomorrow, franchise tag for Josh Jacobs if he's tagged. Lamar Jackson is tomorrow at 4 Eastern here 1 Pacific. With all that happening, I think Derek looked around at the market and said, there's a lot of other veteran quarterbacks, not as good as me, but can land in other spots, so I'm going to take this deal. And we, we all probably figured out once New Orleans asked the Raiders for permission to talk to him, they were the only team to do that. The Raiders had to grant that permission that he ended up in New Orleans. Uh, could the Raiders have gotten anything in return? Probably not. Probably not because New Orleans wanted to do it this way. They didn't want to give up a third-round pick or a second-round pick. I think the big loser in the Derek Carr sweepstakes is the Jets because the Jets probably could have got him there, and I don't think it would have been a great fit for Derek, but they might have been able to do it if they overpaid him. All the Jets needed to do is probably give $2 million a year more than what the Saints did. He's probably a Jet, and I think that could work out pretty good for him. So with all of that there, everything that's happening, is it the end of the world? No, but the Raiders got to get a quarterback, and if you want to talk about that, where the Raiders need to go a quarterback, it's go time. Because I was waiting until after the combine to see how these guys performed, and that's a big deal. And I'm hopeful that Raider fans will turn the page now finally. Derek is a saint, and he should do well there. It is set up for him to own that division right out of the gate. Now everybody in the Raider nation needs to turn the page and focus on our team, your team. Best of luck to Derek. And now let's figure out what the Raiders have to do. I think that's the prudent thing to do. I think that's the smart thing to do. As we welcome in Ari Miroff, kind enough to join us, who is a great breaking news insider, covers a lot for the NFL. And Ari, thanks for coming on on short notice. Wanted to ask you about the Derek Carr breaking news and some of the other quarterback issues. How did this deal come together so quickly with the New Orleans Saints? Well, JT, thanks for having me on. Yeah, this this one was very fascinating because while he was still on the Raiders and the Raiders were looking to trade him, the Saints and Raiders had agreed to basic trade terms for Derek Carr, but Derek, of course, had a no-trade clause, and he eventually said, you know what, I have the right to say no. I have the right to become a free agent and let myself choose the options, and he used that no-trade clause and told the Raiders, I will not accept a trade anywhere, Despite meeting with the Saints, the Raiders had to cut him to make sure they don't 
fully guarantee $40 million. And he became a free agent and took his time knowing that he has a full month head start over other quarterbacks like a Jimmy Garoppolo, for example. And he went out, he met with the Saints again, he met with the Jets, he met with the Panthers. And it really seemed like the Jets meeting was really the best one out of all of them. But the Jets have been in a situation where they really want Aaron Rodgers as plan A and Derek Carr was plan B. And Carr understood that, but he also realized that free agency officially opens next week and other quarterbacks will become available eventually. So I don't have time to wait for you guys. And he really did like the meeting with the Saints. He does realize he goes to the NFC, a dome team, a division that really doesn't have any other quarterbacks for the other three teams as of right now. So he really does have a good shot at winning when he moves over from the AFC to NFC. He likes the fit. He likes the coaching staff. And he decided to to sign over with them on a likely four-year deal. All right, Mirab Jones, I agree with you. And again, he plays away games at Atlanta indoors, warm weather in Tampa and Carolina. I think it's a better fit for Derek Carr and going to the NFC gets him away from the AFC where he had a lot of problems. He had a lot of problems, didn't win a playoff game, only went there twice. One time he couldn't play because of the injury. So I think it's a good fit for him to get out of the AFC, start fresh and be able to pull this off. But Ari, you know numbers, and again, we'll wait for the numbers to become official. The Saints are a team that's always up against the cap every year, no matter what. Mickey Loomis has got to go back, restructure deals. they got to fit money under the cap and do all this. And Daniel Jones wants over $40 million. I think the market for a very good quarterback or one with a big ceiling is about $40 million. The Raiders didn't want to give Carr anywhere near $40 million. What do you think he's going to get? What do you think he's worth with New Orleans? Well, as we saw last year with the Raiders and Derek Carr, it was announced that he signed a big, large four-year extension. When you when you look at on the surface of the contract and you look into the deal, it really wasn't what it was, right? You, there was, there were outs to get out of it. So, I'm really curious to see how this deal actually looks like, what it's reported as, and then what it actually looks like in the contract. I think that will really tell us the full story. I don't think he reached 40 million. I would be surprised if he did. I would expect the number to come in 30. Um, the 30-35 range probably is probably where we're looking at over here. And again, the guarantee number is truly what matters. Is there an out after one year? Is he fully guaranteed to be there two years? These are the numbers that we really should be looking at when the contract comes out. So eventually when the numbers do come out, probably later today, the initial numbers are not really what you should be looking at. Probably wait a couple of days when the more information comes out. And then we truly know how long Derek Carr will actually be in New Orleans. Ari Mirov, kind enough to join us. Uh, check him out at My Sports Update. So what does this do now with the rest of the quarterback market? What are your sources telling you on Daniel Jones, who rightfully so played well, but he doesn't put up big stats. I love his mobility outside the pocket. I love it. He's playing in New York. There's a lot of scrutiny there. What do you think he's going to get here? Because the last report I saw is his agents are meeting with the Giants again today to try to get a deal done here before the franchise tag becomes official tomorrow. So what should be the upside of Daniel Jones, and how big of a game of chicken is this with the Giants? Well, JT, as you know in the NFL, deadlines spur action. And Daniel Jones knows that. The Giants know that. The franchise tag deadline is tomorrow. I was at the Combine this past week. Joe Shane, Giants officials, met with his new representation, Athletes First, basically every single day in Indianapolis. They made some progress. I wouldn't say it was significant. But here we are with about you know two days or even less than that coming up here until the tag deadline. And the thing the Giants are trying to tell Daniel Jones in particular is like, listen, if we are going to franchise tag you, 
our chances of building a good roster around you decreases. What could happen? Saquon Barkley will become a free agent. He might leave. A franchise tag, which is $32 million, it would hit the cap immediately. All $32 million immediately hits our cap this year. As for an extension, where we could spread out the numbers and make the cap number lower this year, so we could help build a good roster around you. So that is really what they've been trying to get across to Daniel Jones. Obviously, I've seen a lot of the reports about he's asking for 45 or even more than that. I think that's just how negotiations start. You start high, the team starts low, and then you work towards the middle. I believe the sweet spot number is probably around 38, 39, maybe 40. But that's probably where the sweet spot is. And again, the Giants would love to get a deal done. I think Daniel Jones would like to get a deal done, but he knows he has leverage here. The reality is the quarterback market is only going up the salary cap is only going up there's gambling money coming in there is some ticket money coming in there's all these new tv deals money coming in there will be four or five other quarterbacks who will get new deals as well later this offseason if daniel jones was to settle for 35 36 per year then later this offseason that deal has the potential to be 10th or 11th or even 12th in the quarterback market. So he's looking at this from a big picture standpoint that there is no middle tier for paying quarterbacks. There's never been such a thing in the NFL. We've seen quarterbacks like Matthew Stafford, like Jared Goff, like Carson Wentz. All these guys were highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL at one point or another. So he understands how the market works. Both sides will continue to talk. I would imagine they figure something out because they also want to retain Saquon Barkley. And if they get a deal done with Daniel Jones, they'll be able to tax Saquon Barkley before the deadline on Tuesday. All right, Mirov, as we wrap it up, so you're at the Combine. I'm looking at video with Anthony Richardson, especially his sprint, what he was able to do with the 4-4-3, the vertical and all that. And C.J. Stroud reportedly threw as good as anyone's ever thrown accuracy, but he's in shorts and it's indoor. What blew you away or what, what was your big takeaway at the quarterback position considering the top 10 picks are coming up in the draft? What, what do you, can you tell us on that? Yeah, let's go through all of them. So from all the quarterbacks in this draft, I think the most polarizing one was probably Kentucky's Will Levis. I mean, you could talk to two people. One person will tell you great things. The other person will tell you the complete opposite. I think teams have him really all over the board when it comes to some teams are high on him. Some teams just don't believe he's a top 10, top 15 type of a quarterback. Anthony Richardson, um, obviously his traits is really just, it's, 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 he's, it's, it's, it's incredible. Like his athleticism, we all saw it there on the field. I do believe there will be a team that eventually just falls in love with him. You'll hear the word raw. You'll hear that he probably needs some time. Um, and that likely is true, but there will be a team that truly just falls in love with the player, the build, the athleticism. This is where the NFL is going. He's the type of quarterback that, um, is needed this time um, for, for in the NFL. Bryce Young is really the fascinating one. Obviously, we saw him. We saw his measurements come in. He weighed in a little bit over 200, and we got his height as well. Really, there will be a team that eventually will take him high and potentially even trade up for him. The reality is nobody denies the talent and the ability, but the reality is the team that will be taking him is essentially taking an outlier because there really is no quarterback who has been taken this high with this type of a frame. And if you look at the injury that he had last year, a shoulder injury, it really came on a routine tackle. So it really makes you wonder what will happen if he's, you know, drafted high to a team that is essentially rebuilding and has in, you know, a so-so offensive line, then he gets hit by a 310-pound defensive line in the NFL, what's going to happen? So I think that's the one that really – was most fascinating to me because everyone truly 
you know, loves the talent and sees what he can do. You'll hear the Steph Curry analogy that people give to you. But then again, the durability and his frame is, is a question around the NFL. There will be a GM who decides to potentially move up and get him. But again, he's, he's a true outlier when it comes to quarterbacks in this draft. Ari, great talking to you as always. You always have great information at my sports update. Uh, there's going to be a lot more information in the coming weeks here. Hope to have you on again. I appreciate you. Thanks, JT. Thank you. Ari Mirov, follow him at, and I want to double-check this, my sports update. He has 637,000 followers and breaks a lot of news. That's why I wanted to get him on today on the Derek Carr breaking news to the Saints and what's happening with the rest of the quarterback market that has a big effect on what the Raiders do doing going forward. That has a lot going on with what the Raiders are going to be doing going forward. Uh, not had nothing to do with Derek Carr. That's just a national breaking news story. But now what? Ha- there's one quarterback that's off the board who's good, Derek Carr. Raiders were never in the market. The Raiders are out of the Derek Mark, uh, Carr business. Now the other teams are looking around going, okay, we had a backup plan or Derek Carr was our third plan to go get a quarterback and now we have to come up with something else. So there are other shows today sensing and stirring the pot that Jimmy Garoppolo can become the Raiders' priority. For those who have asked me on Twitter, what do I think of Jimmy Garoppolo? I would be fine with Jimmy Garoppolo being the bridge quarterback of the Raiders. I would have much rather have Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady be the bridge quarterback with Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or C.J. Stroud or whoever it is, Hendon Hooker later on. But if Jimmy Garoppolo had to come in here and save the day for the Raiders, if the Raiders believed that you know Jared Stidham wasn't going to get him to the playoffs and they weren't able to get the quarterback who they wanted, of course I think Jimmy Garoppolo could fit here. So my priorities haven't changed, everybody. I'm the same guy I've been listening to. I don't, I don't care if you agree with me. I literally don't care. I care, that, I care if you respect my opinion, which I respect yours, so that's all I care about. Will you listen to what I have to say and either agree or disagree, but at least show me the respect that I give you. I wanted Tom Brady. I want Aaron Rodgers. I'll take Jimmy Garoppolo. I'd love C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Everything else, I'm not going to be thrilled with. I'm not going to be thrilled with Jared Stidham. I'm not going to go on here and say, oh, my God, Jared Stidham, we're going to the Super Bowl in a division with Patrick Mahomes. But if they, if it's Jared Stidham because they draft a quarterback who they think is going to be the franchise player for the next 10 years, then that'll be easier for me to get on the radio and say, yeah, you know, I like that move because I get it. I get what they're telling me about the quarterback they got. And if it's this Anthony Richardson kid or the Levis kid, and they're going to spend a first-round pick on that quarterback, you don't have to hear it from me. That quarterback will be the future of this franchise, depending on if you like that quarterback or not. So Derek Carr has nothing to do with the Raiders anymore, but Derek Carr being now landing in New Orleans has a lot to do with quarterbacks in the other markets, especially the Jets, uh, Carolina, Atlanta, Tampa Bay. Man, there's a lot of teams that are looking for a quarterback, even San Francisco. If they don't think Trey Lance can win him a Super Bowl, Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't win him a Super Bowl. And I think he's better than Trey Lance and Brock Birdie, and Brock Birdie's injured. So I don't think they're done yet. Gangster Raider, thanks for waiting. Start us off. What's happening? What's up, JT? I want to give a shout-out to two of my favorite Raiders, Darren Waller and Max Crosby. First of all, I want to shout them out for staying sober because – you know, I know you know their story about how they um, struggle with sobriety and how they both, you know, are conquering that successfully. 
and they both got married this weekend. You know what I'm saying? I want to say congratulations to both of them for that. And like you say, happy wife, happy life. You know what I'm saying? And so I want to um, that, I mean, say a shout out to them because that's real life stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. they're real Raiders and they got their lives together. You know what I'm saying? They're affecting the family as well. So that's a good thing. And also, as far as the quarterbacks go, I still say we stick with Stidham. And if we have to, only if we have to, I say we move up to five and go get um on Richardson. You know what I'm saying? That's that would be a good path for me. That's only though I'm only moving up to five, no no higher than than five, and I think we could get him. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, if we stick with Stidham. Well, I know he we don't have him yet, but if we go re-sign him, you know what I'm saying? Stick with Stidham and go get Richardson. That'd be a good look for us. You know what I'm saying? Because I think look at the division we in. We got Patrick Mahomes in the division. We got um, Herbert in the division. We got Russell Wilson, who looked like crap last year, but you know he got Sean Payton. Sean Payton might be able to, um, you know, regurgitate, arrest, you know, resurrect his career, or whatever. That's what I'm trying to say, resurrect his career. So you know he still might be viable with Sean Payton. So mm-hmm. thinking we can go get Richardson, have him sit a year under um, Stidham, because Stidham knows the system. He can you're teaching the system, and he could win. You know, so I think we could win with Stidham while letting um, Richardson do like they did with Mahomes with Alex Smith. You know what I'm saying? Then mm-hmm. he can come in and take over, and then I think he'll be able to compete in the division with the quarterbacks that we have in our division. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's the route we should go. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. congratulations to Waller and Max, you know what I'm saying, yep. and Raider Nation. Let's stand up. Our future is bright. Let's go get it. All right. Shout out, JT. I'm gone. Thank you. And, again, if you're going to trade up to get Richardson, you got to move up. you got to trade a first-round pick. So you got to trade your pick seven to five, which isn't hard. That's hard. You're going from seven to five, and then you got to give up next year's first. That's what you have to do to get Richardson, who's the project. Right? They're not going to take a second-round pick for you to move up from seven to five. Okay, or third-round picks. You're going to have to give up a lot to get him, and he's a project. Everything that I saw from Richardson at the Combine, and I watched it all. I watched it all. It's all up. You could see it all over the place. I watched it all. He was a freak. He was amazing. But if you look at the tape of the way he played at Florida, there were a lot of mistakes, a lot of terrible throws. Not bad throws, terrible throws and mistakes. But he was playing against NFL talent in Georgia in some of those games. So I got buddies who went to Florida who say stay away from him. They watched him play at Florida. They didn't like him. I got buddies at Georgia who love to troll him and say stay away from him. And then there's other NFL insiders who are really sharp, who know a lot more than fans of Georgia and fans of Florida, who think he's a can't miss because the ceiling's so high. So if the Raiders end up getting Richardson, if that turns out to be where they want to go, it'll be easy. There'll be so much propaganda going out not only from the Raider Nation the fans about his ceiling he has a ceiling similar to Lamar Jackson he might be a better athlete than Lamar Jackson and that's hard to do Lamar Jackson's name is also out there for obvious reasons because he should be franchised he'll be franchised probably by tomorrow and coming up next my opinion on what to do with Josh Jacobs the clock is ticking on Josh Jacobs with the new contract or the franchise tag We'll dive into that and get your opinion. 702-365-9200 as we're brought to you by the M Resort Spawn Casino, the official hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders.
I think you you definitely um, you know you you can be served well if you if you have the ability to do that at quarterback. Now uh, we've seen that now. Um, I don't feel as a coach that that my job is to put all the pressure on the quarterback by not doing a really good job of designing what we're doing so that he has to move around the entire game and you know because there's nobody to throw to you know so uh, as coaches we always want to give our players good options so they don't have to do that but certainly the guys in our league that can extend plays and add time to the passing game uh, create loose plays or make yards with their legs in, in general, um, those are all tough guys to defend. Um, we, we've played a number of them, and, and they're not easy guys to, to you know put the clamps on. That's Josh McDaniels from the Combine, pretty much making it clear that a mobile quarterback that can extend plays and do more outside the pocket is what they're looking for. They're looking for someone like that. They'd obviously like that. Now you would assume that the Raider Nation, and again, this is not the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raider Nation is who I talk to every day. The fans of the Raiders would really be focusing on Aaron Rodgers because the door is shut. Nowhere on Aaron Rodgers. Nowhere. The Jets seem to be all in on him. Now that Derek Carr is a saint, if the Raiders wanted Aaron Rodgers, they'd be competing against the Jets. That, that's obvious. If the Raiders don't want Aaron Rodgers, what happens if Aaron Rodgers wants the Raiders? That's what I think could be brewing here. And I don't know it to be accurate, but this is my opinion. That Aaron Rodgers can come off this darkness retreat and look around and say, I don't want to be a Jet, man. It's never worked for anybody. But it's worked for the Raiders with some of their quarterbacks. And Rich Gannon's a good example of that. And you can go back to the history of the Raiders. You know, the Jets have one guy in their entire history, Joe Namath. That's it. We're not talking about Chad Pennington, Richard Todd, Mark Sanchez. The Jets have been a graveyard for quarterbacks. And the Raiders, since Rich Gannon, they had Derek Carr for nine years, and Derek Carr's had a nice career. But for Aaron Rodgers, he's got to make a decision now. If he wants to come to the Raiders, he's got to make it clear. Maybe he has already. Maybe he understands through other portals and opportunities through his friends and others that he wants to be a Raider. Darren Waller just got married. Mad Max just got married. You know, he's close with Devontae. By now, you would assume that Aaron Rodgers let it leak out to some players on the Raiders that he'd like to come. If no one can figure that out and no one has that information, we got to all wait. We got to all wait for Dave Ziegler after he re-signs Jared Stidham or he drafts or he waits to the draft or he comes out before and said, yeah, we never had any interest on Aaron Rodgers. We did. We had no interest on Aaron Rodgers. They don't ever have to tell us if they do or not. If Aaron Rodgers becomes a Jet, Dave Ziggler's not going to hold a press conference that day and say, I wanted him badly and we lost out to the Jets. So we don't know what's going to happen here. But Aaron Rodgers should be the priority because he's the priority in the national media for the national media talking about the Raiders. There's three teams being talked about with Aaron Rodgers today. The Jets, the Raiders, and the Tennessee Titans. And then there's always a wild card team out there. Could be the Washington Commanders for the right money. Hour number two coming up. Brandon Cristal was at the Combine all week with our crew. We'll tell you what he saw.